I asked a new podcaster at Podcast Movement Evolutions what their big takeaway was for the conference, and they said they'd learned a lot, but the biggest thing they were taking home was that they previously felt bad because, well, they felt overwhelmed. And coming to the conference, they found out that they weren't the only one who felt this way, and it made them feel good that everyone else felt as bad as they did. That's a little, well, you know what I mean. Anyway, I heard the word overwhelm one more time at that conference, and after driving to Nashville to speak at Rockin' Pod, I heard the word overwhelm two more times, and I was like, that's it. We're making an episode. So today, I'm going to provide you with three free tools and a strategy to help you never feel overwhelmed again. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you going on the right way to podcasting success. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you'd like to join, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. That'll save you uh, 20%, I think, right now on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And, of course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're a person and you're like, ah, I don't feel overwhelmed, well, number one, good for you. But I still, you might want to stick around for this strategy because when I heard this and kind of put it together, I was like, you know, that's true. And I've been using it really since the beginning of the year. And I'm much more productive and much less overwhelmed than I have been in the past. But here is the one thing that you cannot escape. And that is when you do something for the first time, you're going to kind of freak out a little bit. Case in point, last episode, I used a tool called Rumble Studio where I asked a bunch of people to answer questions. So it's a, the fancy word is it was an asynchronous interview. And I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. And I wasn't sure if I could piece it together and it would, you know, and I was kind of like, mm, I'm not, I've never, I've never done this before. Mm, uh, yeah. And uh, it, it came out fine. In fact, I got a lot of really good feedback on that. It was all about should your podcast have a newsletter. But I, there was a little part of me that's like, hmm, not sure if this is going to work. So as we dive into this, what the heck is overwhelm? Well, overwhelm is when you have this feeling of completely, you're just inundated or you're overburdened. Let me give you an example of one. When I was in my 20s, I was getting an associate's degree in electronic engineering, and I was paying for myself to go to school by working part-time as a waiter, and I had a girlfriend. I was running my house. This was uh, post my mom uh, dying, and my dad was a long-distance truck driver. So I was running the house kind of while he was out bringing home the bacon. I was taking care of my sister who has a little extra special needs. And, and did I say I had a girlfriend? So I was either working, driving to school, doing homework, uh, buying groceries. It was just everything was have to. There wasn't a lot of choice in the matter. And the kind of bad news is often when we're overwhelmed, we get in a state of like, I don't care, just do it. 
And so my last semester, I took more credit hours than I ever had because I said, I'm either going to graduate or I'm going to die. One of the two. Uh, and for the record, I graduated. I didn't die, which was good. But I just remember thinking, okay, when I submit this for these are my classes for my last quarter, that the next however long, you know, what are the next 12 weeks are going to suck like they have never sucked before. And uh, that was true. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'm, I'm four weeks in and just like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? And so when you're overwhelmed, it's often to the point where you're unable to cope. You're just like, ah, just everything's driving me nuts. Uh, another way of looking at this, you're, you're this close to freaking out, right? It's a feeling of being sucked into a world of have-tos, of kind of unfinished tasks. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, or emotions, or feeling like unable to to process or, or manage anything that's going on in your life. Uh, you're drowning in a sea of responsibilities, and instead of someone throwing you a lifeline, uh, they throw you a rock. Yeah, that's, that's overwhelm, I think, in a nutshell. The problem is you feel stressed out, you feel anxious to the point that you're unable to focus in many cases, and you may struggle to even complete a single task or make a decision. You're just, your brain is just frozen because there's so much coming at it. Uh, I know I'm feeling this sometimes when I was working on that episode, the one I just mentioned about with all, like all these people I interviewed, I kept finding myself in the kitchen going, why, why are you in the kitchen at 1145? You're not hungry. What's going on, Dave? I'm like, I did this. Ah, never done this before. So you, you can lead yourself to doing weird things, making weird decisions when you feel overwhelmed. Now, it what causes it? What causes overwhelm? Well, in this case, we're kind of talking podcasting. Getting out of your, your comfort zone is definitely part of it. But it can be taking on too many responsibilities. So this is the person that says, I'm going to do a daily show before recording a few episodes and seeing that it took an hour and a half to do a five-minute podcast and then asking themselves, do I have an hour and a half every day to do a, a podcast? And the answer is no. But they went ahead and said, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So again, taking on too many responsibilities, uh, dealing with a sudden change or crisis. Sometimes we've done all the right things and we got our podcast going. It's going the right way. And then dad gets sick or you get sick or whatever, right? Something changes. What do you mean you're pregnant, right? There's all sorts of things and you feel pressure to meet high expectations because, well, you don't want to do subpar work. So that adds a level of stress or it, it just may be as simple as feeling like there's, there's too much to do and not enough time to do it at all, like not even close. It can be a temporary feeling, or in some cases, it might be a, a chronic state of just, this is my life. It kind of depends on the circumstances and how well you're able to manage your stress and workload. We often can make it through times like this. I know I did by going, all right, you know, just just seven more weeks, just seven more weeks. But the problem is, 
right? You've got this whole the sun will come out tomorrow thing going on, except it is nothing but clouds everywhere, and it doesn't seem like it's getting better. Have you been there? Have you done that? I know I have. I can't imagine. I don't have. I've never had kids of my own. I've had stepkids. I can't imagine what the drive home with a baby in a car seat or maybe somebody's holding your your brand new child and going home going, wait a minute, um, I'm a parent? I'm, I can't imagine the you know fear of the unknown again coming at you. The fun thing is when you feel overwhelmed, your brain is juggling a million things. You've jumped into the pool to save two of your drowning children. So picture this, right? You, you walk into the, the backyard. There's two of your kids. They're drowning in your pool. You have a pool. Yes, you have a pool. Just, I know, just, you have a pool. You have two kids. They're drowning. So you jump in to save your two kids, and your hands are full because, well, you got one kid on one side and one on the other, and you're, you're kind of barely even to keep your head above water because, well, you're saving your kids. And just when you're about to succeed, uh, your third kid falls into the pool and starts to drown. That's when you're like, okay, this is a new level of overwhelm and in the same way that your hands are too full that whole analogy there is your brain is too full you need your brain and it is way too full because you can only juggle so much i am uh i'm middle-aged and i remember there was a time when my phone number was seven characters long that was it And then they said, oh, we have to start using the area code. And you were like, oh, come on. And if you, depending on what you uh, research, apparently the brain is okay remembering seven characters. Anything above seven, eh, it gets a little sketchy. So how do I not get overwhelmed? Number one. This is the first step. We said your brain is too full because you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you got email, you got the next episode, you got uh, little Susie's soccer thing, and then uh, don't forget to get the tuna helper, and then, uh, you know, you're like, you got a lot going on in your brain. And so consequently, think of this, uh, I'm going to get my nerd on, think of this like a computer. Have you ever had your computer slow down because you have so many programs open that there's not enough, there's not enough memory in your your computer to open up another program. And and in some cases, the computer will crash. Well, your brain is the same way. You're trying to remember so much that there's not enough brain left to actually assign to the current task. That's why you come home from the grocery store and you go, ah, crap, I forgot the milk. That was the thing I went in there for. So we need to free open, free open? Yeah, we're going to use that. You need to free open. You need to to do what I call a brain dump. So an example of a brain dump when it comes to podcasting is when I do an interview, I have probably five questions on a tablet. Uh, By that, I mean an actual piece of paper to the left of me. And I have that first question that's going to get right to the meat and potatoes. We are good to go. And then in front of me, I have another paper tablet that's blank preferably with a pen that doesn't click. And then what happens? Somebody starts to answer a question. And in my brain, I go, ooh, I got to ask a follow-up question. 
Okay, don't forget the follow-up question. Wait, they're still talking. You got to listen while you remember this question. Holy, listen. Okay, question. Listen, question. Listen, question. Okay, got it. I'm not going to forget that question. Oh, great. What was it? Wait, what did they just say? So what do you do? You do a brain dump. And I take that question that I want to ask as soon as they get done talking, and I write down one or two words so I don't have to remember that follow-up question. I do a brain dump, and I put it down there, and when I do that, my brain goes, ah, because now I can go back to doing one thing and assigning my entire brain power to listening. That's the magic of a brain dump. I don't have to remember it anymore. I wrote it down right there in front of me. And so as soon as they get done talking, and again, I'm listening, I'm going to ask this question. Now, if there's no follow-up question, of course, I just go back to the original list. But that's the power of a brain dump. And we have way too much stuff going on in our brain. So part of the strategy is brain dumps. A brain dump, again, frees up your brain to focus on whatever the current task is is, and consequently then, you're more productive. And the more productive you are, the less tasks you have hanging out, waiting for you to conquer them, for lack of a better phrase, to get them done. Number two. Now, if you're waiting for the three tools and strategy, this is it. But we're nowhere near being done yet because we have to talk about how to figure out what to do first. But First, we have to get organized, and those tools are a calendar, like Google Calendar. That's free. Now, if you want to schedule things, there are things like Calendly has a free tool. Uh, If you want to pay for something but not have a monthly fee, check out TidyCal. That's from AppSumo. But you need a calendar. And picture it like this. You know when Wonder Woman, she uh, deflects bullets off of her wrists? That's kind of my inbox. My inbox is a bunch of bullets, and some of it I go, ooh, wait a minute, this is an interview request. Let's get that scheduled. That's important. Then there are other things like a to-do list. Now, I use a thing called Todoist, and what I love is there's a kind of plug-in for Gmail, and there are times when I go, ooh, this is something that I need to come back to, and I can put it in my to-do list and say, follow up on this, in three days. So you need a calendar, you need some sort of to-do list, and the thing I had to really get in the habit of in 2023 for this to work was, and it sounds funny, but it took me a while to get the hang of it, I had to check my to-doist every morning to see what I needed to do, what was now pertinent, what was almost overdue. So a calendar, a to-do list, and some sort of note-taking program because sometimes it comes into your email or you talk to somebody and you're like, Ooh, that's cool. Or if you're it for me, you're at a conference. You're like, Ooh, that's cool. I'm going to write that down. I use Evernote. There's OneNote from um, Microsoft. There's notion. There's a ton of these things. I use Evernote because it's on my phone. It's on my tablet. It's on my Mac. It's on my PC. It works everywhere. Now, again, there is a free version. I use a pro version for that in theory, could probably get by with the free version. And I use that primarily as my note-taking app. So when let's just go with email. So when I look at email, first of all, most of the time I can look in my email. Like I just got back from Rock and Pod in Nashville. I opened up my inbox, and I'm going to say the first 15 messages, I clicked on the first one, I held down my shift key, I clicked on the 15th one because they were all crap. 
and just said, delete. But there are some that I go, oh, hold on a second. And when I open it up, I'm like, okay, does this need scheduled? Does this need me to take action later Then it goes to my to-do list? Or is this something that I'm like, ooh, that's a good idea, I, but I don't want to have to remember it. But it's something that's memorable. Then I put it in Evernote, which I can go back later and search for. And there's a whole other aspect of that, organizing your notes so it's not just a big giant filing cabinet with no folders that everybody just threw stuff in. There is an art to organizing your Evernote. But by doing that, if I look at it and it does need scheduled, it doesn't need done, and I don't need to remember it, I delete it. Brain dump. No sense tying up my brain with that. So those are the three tools. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, well, how do you know which one to do first? Now, as we get into thinking about what to do first, I do want to address one thing. Sometimes people get overwhelmed thinking about a podcast because they're like, if I start a podcast, I have to do it forever. No, you don't. I have canceled many a podcast because, well, it wasn't fun anymore. Or, well, I set out to do this and I had a goal and it was not even close to achieving that goal and I didn't have the time and effort to put into it, so I canceled it. If it doesn't light you up doing your podcast, maybe it's time to put it down. It's just a thought. So now I look at my to-do list and I go, well, what do I do first? And so often we do the easy things, thinking it's going to get us closer to our goal. And I jokingly call this casturbation, where someone rifles through all sorts of activity that result in, well, nothing productive. This is the person who spends hours obsessing over the gear instead of figuring out who their target audience is and what do they want from the podcast. Oh, I'm just going to, should I go with the SM7B or should I go with the RE20 or should I go with the, like, who's your audience again? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the microphone. Well, hold on. Hold on now, right? How do you decide? Well, one of my favorite books the uh, from the author Stephen Covey, it's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But he also wrote another book, and this one isn't as famous, and it's just as good. It's called First Things First, and it uses the four-quadrant co- method where there are four squares together, and, and you basically have a top row and a bottom row. And I was going to try to explain this here in the episode, but basically it's a visual thing, and you have one box that's important, one box that is urgent and yada, yada, yada. And it's, look, I'm not even going to try to explain this to you. Even trying to trigger kind of the theater of the mind, I'm just going to tell you to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 871. But it is really handy. In fact, I'll have a, a cheat sheet there you can get to kind of figure out, well, what should I do first? Something that isn't visual is from Rory Vaden. He has a book out, and he talks about importance is how much this matters, urgency is how soon it matters, and significant is how long this is going to matter. And sometimes both of those, or all three of those together, you can kind of figure out which one to do first. There are kind of four types of things. I can give you this. One is it's important. And it's urgent. That would be something like, I don't know, a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. 
It's urgent. It's important. Let's put out this fire right now. Then you have things that are important, but they're not urgent. Man, depending on how you look at it, that might be losing weight, right? Losing weight, it's a long-term thing. And that's, you know what, since I brought that up, let's bring this up. Sometimes we think about goals, because right now I need to lose about 50 pounds or from my friends across the pond, three stone, eight pounds. Like I'm overweight. I I got some uh, flab going on here and I can't blame COVID anymore because that was like, I don't know, two years ago. But that is a a long-term goal that is, and some might say, Dave, that is urgent. You need to get going on that. But that is a type of item. It's something that's important. I don't want to blow it off, but maybe I'm going to work on this. It's a long-term goal. I'm not going to try to lose 50 pounds in three days. That would be uh, not smart. So that's another type of thing. Then you have other things that are not important and urgent. And you're like, wait, what? Like what? This is when somebody interrupts you or a distraction, right? It's urgent. They've stepped right in front of you. And then you're listening to them and you're like, yeah, this has nothing to do with me. So you need to identify those and go, yeah, thanks for calling, but uh, no. And then there's quadrant uh, four, and these are the ultimate time waster. This is not important and it's not urgent. So identify those. When something comes into your inbox or something on your to-do list, is this important and urgent like a heart attack? Is it important but not urgent, or is it not important and not urgent, which, of course, is uh, that is a time waster, or it's not important and urgent. I hope that kind of makes sense. It'll make more sense when you see the diagram out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 871. Number three. So why are we doing brain dumps? Because there's too much going on in our brain. So one way to stop from being overwhelmed, and this is so easier said than done, especially for me because I want to help everyone, is to say no. Now, sometimes you're like, oh, I can't say no. I mean, I just, you don't understand, especially when it comes to family. Then try this one. Mm, you know, I really want to help. I would really, is there any chance we could do this? And then you throw out a date that is much later. So instead of saying no, Say not now, because sometimes not now, even though you feel you're letting someone down because you can't help them right now, sometimes not now is a perfectly acceptable answer. And by doing that, we keep one thing off the to-do list or we put it on a long-term kind of goal. So it's not that urgent and important thing. It's now important, but not urgent now we're good to go. We're we're getting less things on our plate. We're still meeting the needs of those people who need us. So if you have a hard time saying no, try saying not now. Number four. Now this one is another one that's easier said than done, especially if you have small children. But as I record this, it's Sunday, and I can tell you right now that nobody in my family is going to call me today because they know Sunday is Dave's podcast day. When I was married, I had Tuesdays, Thursdays, and part of Saturday that were my podcast days. 
and I would go into what they affectionately referred to as the Dave Cave. And then what would I do? I would go into my to-do list, I would go into my Evernote, and I knew exactly what I was going to do, and I wouldn't turn on Facebook, I wouldn't turn on YouTube, and I knew what I needed to record, I knew what I needed to write, I knew what I wanted to do, so that when I did have that dedicated time to do my podcast or whatever the heck you're working on, when you have that dedicated time on your calendar that this is what I'm going to do, the yada, 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 you do it. And it's amazing how productive you can be when you turn off all the distractions. So as I start to write this up, we want to avoid overcommitment and having too many things to do. We can use things like, hey, I can't do that now, but I could do it later. That might help. Uh, Lack of organization leads to overwhelm. So now we've got a calendar, we've got a to-do list, and we've got an Evernote or some sort of note-taking program So we're not having to remember all this stuff that's going to free up our brain. It's going to help us prioritize what to do. Perfectionism is another thing that can lead to overwhelm and realize that I have, well, I think we all do. We have the occasional weird mouth hiccup in a podcast where I just was listening to one and I was talking about an episode number and I said something like episode number, blah, blah, blah. And it was the wrong number. And then like four seconds later, I heard me say the right number. And I was like, you know what? I could go back and fix that wrong one, but I fixed it there. And that's okay. It's okay that it's not absolutely perfect. So sometimes perfectionism adds a sense of uh, just that stress level of like, it's got to be just a certain way. And when you are trying to make the perfect podcast, there are, there's a name for those people and it's, they're called listeners because they never launched their podcast. So perfectionism, I love the fact that you care about it and you want to have it as good as you can. But for those of you that are parents, you do your best with what you got. And sometimes that's all you can do. Set some boundaries for people. If you can set up a day that will be your podcast day, At least for me, that really helps. And then the other thing that I didn't kind of throw in here is take care of yourself. uh, I'm middle-aged, and so I may not stay out as late when I go to these events as I used to because I need sleep. When I don't sleep, I get sick. And when I get sick, then I sound horrible, and then et cetera, et cetera. So realize, and there is a a phrase for this. It's I think it's Superman syndrome where we just think, or superwoman syndrome, where we just think we can do everything. And maybe we could when we were 22, but guess what? We're not 22 anymore. So, and that sucks, by the way. I wish I was 22. With the knowledge I had today, oh boy, wouldn't that be fun? But keep in mind that sometimes you got to go, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm not 22 anymore. Also, another thing that adds to overwhelm is uncertainty. I mentioned at the beginning of this that the last episode I did, I did in a different style with a different tool. It was a little like, I'm not sure how that's going to work. You know what? You've done hard things in the past, right? You can do it. You got this. Come on. Don't let that stop you. Number five. Sometimes when we think about, oh, I want to launch a podcast. And then we think about, oh, I've got to come up with a topic and a name and a description and artwork. And then I've got to buy a microphone and a media host. And I've got to figure out what software I'm going to use and all that. Well, guess what? I've done a brain dump for you. It's the 
podcast launch checklist. You can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash checklist. And that's the thing. When you do feel overwhelmed, figure out the top thing to do and then just focus on that one thing. Break it into small chunks. So if we go back to me and weight loss, what have I been doing? I focus on my next meal, my next meal, not the fact that I got to lose so much weight, not so much that that means it's X amount a week or that. No, let's focus on the next meal and maybe bypass the Twinkie, you know, maybe go for water instead of uh, a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew or things like that. Number six, I'll put a link in the show notes out at school of podcasting.com slash eight, seven, one pink, the singer was on the Graham Norton show. And to make a long story short, there was this really cool trampoline act and it was amazing. I've watched it five times and just talking about it now, I'm like, I want to go watch it again. But this particular acrobat made it look so easy, so easy. And I'm sure this was practiced over and over and over again. And so it's easy to feel overwhelmed when you go to do something and you go, oh, wait, this is not as easy as it looks. Realize the people that are really good, they make it look easy. And so when you hit that wall and you go, whoa, this is a whole lot harder than I thought it was, that's normal. And you are not the only person to come to that realization. But as my good buddy Randy Cantrell over at Leaning Towards Wisdom, find it at leaningtowardswisdom.com, he likes to say, everything is hard until it's easy. And it's not going to get easy if you stop because you go, wait, what? It's hard. It is now. But eventually it gets easier. Everything does. I remember when I was trying to get my driver's license, we, my parents had a Dodge Polara, which I'm pretty sure if you go to Wikipedia, that thing had to be the widest car ever made. And as I'm trying to learn how to drive, I was so obsessed over, am, are, are you sure I'm in the lane? I feel like I'm on the sidewalk. And I was so nervous and I was so overwhelmed. But the more I did it, the more comfortable I got, the more comfortable I got, the more I did it. And it's kind of a spiral. And all of a sudden you get done, you go, oh, look at me. I, I Look at what I'm doing. And that's you. And I know you might be thinking, because you got that stupid imposter thing going on, that nobody's going to listen to you. Yes, people will listen to you. Yes, you can do this. You've done hard things in the past, and you can do this. So start off by emptying your brain. And again, the imposter syndrome is going to go, there's nothing in there to empty. (laughs) Yeah, shut up. All right, so empty your brain, get organized. Maybe if you're a person that's a, a, a people pleaser and you hate to say no, maybe substitute not now. Because we need to set boundaries and then break it down into little itty-bitty chunks because we get overwhelmed because it looks like this giant thing. Break it down into chunks and embrace the fact that uh, this is kind of hard. Yeah, it is because it's new and everything we do for the first time is hard. Everything is hard until it isn't. And you can do this. And the beautiful thing is I can be right there with you. When you join the School of Podcasting, 
you get one-on-one endless consulting. I was sending people messages from Nashville. I was helping someone edit their audio from Nashville. Yeah. And you're like, so I could just, yeah. Why? Why are you doing that, Dave? Because that's what I love to do. Uh, I said earlier, if if your podcast doesn't jazz you up, like maybe you shouldn't do it. You know what jazzes me up? Helping people. And so I said, I used to knock on doors and try to be a salesman. You know what really I don't like doing? Sales. Yeah. So I said, how about if I just do all the consulting for the people that are in the school of podcasting? Hey, that makes sense. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, you can still hire me for one-on-one consulting, but it's cheaper to join the school of podcasting, come in, get your consulting done, and then leave. Now, why would I do that? Because when you see the chocolatey goodness that is the community, that is the school of podcasting, you're going to want to stick around. And I can help you with that overwhelm. Because when you get ready to launch your podcast, as we we put one more tag on this overwhelm, you're like, I'm just worried about sounding stupid. I get that. I think we've all been there and done that. And I'm going to remind you, hey, when you first start out, you don't have an audience. Nope, not yet. So you're going to sound stupid in front of nobody. But here's the beautiful thing. I'm not going to let you sound stupid. I'm going to go, hey, like that thing there, why did you do that? And you either have a good reason or a reason that you go, oh, yeah, I should probably take that out. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener. Avoid the overwhelm. Come for the courses. Stay for the community. I want to thank everyone who has been sending in feedback. I did the episode about tips from the veteran podcasters that had Joe Salsi high in his crew. And then last week I did one about newsletters and do you need one? And that had Ariel Nissenblatt and James Cridlin and David Hooper and a whole bunch of Jessica Kufferman, Daniel J. Lewis, lots of people in those episodes. They were a lot of work. And here's the thing that's funny about that. They took a lot of work and consequently they were better. And consequently I got more people that said, man, that was a really good episode. So that's one of those where I'm like, hmm, that's resonating with my audience. Maybe I should do more of that. And that's how you learn what your audience wants, among many other strategies you can do. But thanks to everyone who emailed me that said, man, that was good. I really appreciate it. Uh, If you have something you would like to hear on this show, this is how I pick my topics. This one was picked from going to two events and people started talking about overwhelm. So if you have something you go, ah, he's probably talked about it before. That's probably true. I've talked about overwhelm before. This was kind of a different slant on an old subject. I would be happy to talk about whatever you want to hear because while it's my show, it's really our show. And you can never miss an episode by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow. If you want to send me an idea, that's at schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And really everything you need you can find out at schoolofpodcasting.com. That website again, schoolofpodcasting.com. Tell a friend, schoolofpodcasting.com. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you like what you hear, you're still here. And I want to point out something. Maybe you noticed. Maybe you didn't. 
I'm back from uh, really two weeks of being on the road, kind of. My voice is a little raspy today because I just got back from Rockin' Pod and got a little bit, a little sinus thing going on. But notice I didn't spend 20 minutes at the beginning of the show going, hey, I'm sorry. I know no, I don't sound horrible. And if you're still here, that means you didn't tune out going, I can't take his voice. The raspiness is just unlistenable. So maybe not start off your podcast with a 20-minute apology about having the sniffles because in the end, you're still here and it didn't matter. Just a thought.